You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. And welcome to the Strong Towns Podcast. Today we're sharing the audio from a webcast we recorded earlier this week with representatives from the final two towns competing in our Strongest Town contest, Traverse City, Michigan and Guelph, Ontario. The audio quality is pretty good, although not perfect. Uh, this webcast to podcast process is a new thing we're trying, so thanks for bearing with us. After you finish listening, please head to strongtowns.org slash strongest town to cast your votes to help determine the winner. Voting closes at 5 p.m. on Friday, March 24th. Here's the recording. Hey, everybody. This is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns. Welcome to the finals of our Strongest Town competition. We've got two cities that have vanquished uh, all comers thus far. We started with 16. We're now down to two. Uh, the first round was uh, uh, written submissions. Uh, the second round were, uh, were, were photo submissions. Uh, last round, uh, Rachel uh, interviewed everybody and uh, actually listened to those. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, the votes are in, and now we are down to the final two cities, uh, the winner of which I'm, I'm going to visit at some point in the coming weeks or months. And uh, we're going to shine a, a big bright light on the success there. But I, I'm excited because both of these are great competitors. Um, we got uh, four of us here today. Rachel, uh, can you unmute yourself just for a sec? Because I want to give you uh, an opportunity to say hi. I know you're going to do some, uh, some kind of color behind the scenes as we go here. Uh, but you've been involved in every aspect of this process. Uh, talk a little bit about where we're at now today. Yeah, this has been a fun round um, and a, a fun contest this year. It was pretty different from last year's, especially since we had some international applicants that added uh, a level of fun here. And yeah, I'm excited. I've gotten to know a lot of new places that I've never visited, a few that I have visited before, but um, neither Traverse City or Guelph uh, have I been able to visit yet. So I'm excited to learn more about your, your towns. Well, let me introduce uh, in the lower right of my screen, I think yours too, uh, Mayor Cam Guthrie from Guelph, Ontario. Uh, Mr. Mayor, welcome, welcome to the uh, to the official championship round of the contest. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it's been an exciting time, uh, and especially getting to know some of the uh, other towns that are out there, uh, strong towns. And so, thank you very much for for having us to be a part of this journey. It's great. Well, thank you. And in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, uh, from Traverse City, Michigan, we've got the planning director Russ Soaring uh, with us. Uh, Russ, thanks so much for thanks so much for being here in the championship round. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. This has been a great uh, competition. And one thing that I've learned is uh, you learn about other great communities as you're competing against great towns. That's right. Um, Russ, I, I want to start with you, and I, I kind of want to walk a little bit. You guys uh, bumped off York, Pennsylvania in the first round, which was my actually like my pick to go all the way. Um, I think I think they're great. I, I I really liked York a lot, um, but you you beat them in probably the closest uh, race so far. Then you took on Ellsworth, and then uh, a city that I spoke in last year, Valparaiso, which is a great place. 
I want to give you a chance to, uh, in the video portion of this, just talk a little bit about Traverse City and and why it's a great place. I I, I love the lakes. I love the downtown. Uh, I've actually been to your city, and I I did find it quite enchanting. Um, A couple little things. TripAdvisor a few years ago said you were the number two small town travel destination. And then uh, U.S. News listed you as one of the top ten places to retire in the United States. Give a little bit of background on Traverse City. Uh, who are you guys, and, and, and what makes you such a great place? Well, it's, uh, we're, you know, we're blessed with a really great geographical setting. You've described that. Not only do we have Lake Michigan and 400-foot-high sand dunes uh, 30 minutes away, but we also have 149 acres and 49 vineyards, and I think there's 18 brew pubs that are all in nearly walking distance of where I'm talking right now in downtown Traverse City. Uh, but I think what really makes Traverse City uh, a really uh, great destination is people that have moved here, uh, they moved here because they want to be here. And then when they do come, they come with an attitude that we want to make sure this stays a very nice town and we will offer our talents and our expertise to make this a better town. If we were a basketball team, I think Traverse City would lead in the assist uh, because they're willing, they're ready to assist at all in all different ways from cleaning up our beaches to um, providing volunteer service at our state theater downtown. So, and in fact, we'll have free movies coming up because of spring break. And um, they're, they're just ready to offer uh, their talents and their expertise. Cam, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Guelph. I, I, I was so happy when we had two uh, competitors from Ontario. I've been able to go to Ontario a few times in the last, uh, last couple of years. Uh, with strong towns. I, I've not been to Guelph, but my good friend Joe Minicosi has. And he has spoken to no end about how great this place is and really how high you guys score financially. I don't know if you know Joe or not or have met him when he was out there. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I have, but I, I like him already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Guelph is a, is a city on the outskirts of Toronto. You guys uh, have a, a, a low-crime uh, great environment, strong workforce, and yeah. uh, a, a beautiful city in many, many ways. I want to give you the same opportunity to talk a little bit about Guelph and why uh, it's such a special place and, and why you think it's such a strong competitor in this contest. But, by the way, you guys bumped off Brampton, uh, which is another Canadian city there in Ontario, yeah. uh, then Wausau, Wisconsin, and then uh, I have to say my number two city, which is Lafayette, Louisiana, a place yeah. that I, I kind of have a soft spot for because of how hard they have worked at the, the whole strong towns concept. So you guys had a, had a tough road to get here too. talk a little bit about Guelph and, and what makes it a special place. Sure. Well, thanks. Thanks again for the, the question. And uh, I, I always say this, it really, and, and very honestly, it's not a mayoral politician answer. It is definitely uh, the people here. Um, we are, uh, a very close-knit community, and even though we're growing, we're about 132,000 people right now, and uh, the province is uh, looking at different growth targets for our city uh, to actually get up to maybe just over 190,000 people by 2041. Uh, and even though as we're growing very rapidly, uh, we still have that close-knit feel uh, in, our, in our community. And, um, and so our communities, yes, you mentioned things about, you know, low crime rate and great for jobs. And yes, that's all very true. 
Um, but uh, we're also well known for like we're one of the strongest towns in Canada for volunteerism rates, for giving, uh, for uh, you know just making sure that we're we're one of the top uh, ten cities in Canada uh, for welcoming newcomers to Canada. So we just really roll out the red carpet, and you sometimes hear that. Uh, you know, roll out the red carpet uh, statement when you're talking about businesses. Uh, but we roll out the red carpet for everybody, whether it's businesses or people to come to our city. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's an amazing experience to be the mayor of a city that is really just great. I, I want to ask you, Cam, uh, part of what we talk about at Strong Towns is the, the resiliency of a community, the ability to kind of overcome adversity and bounce back and, and be strong and resourceful. Uh, one of the ways we measure that is to talk about the kind of diversity of businesses. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what one of the things in our strength test is if you lost your largest employer, would it, would it sink your city? Would, would your city, uh, you know, really struggle and, 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 and go, uh, you know, uh, go off the map. Talk a little bit about the, the strength and diversity of the employment opportunities there and, you know, do you know your largest employer? If they went away, what would happen to you? Could you withstand that? Is there enough uh, resiliency there to help you uh, get through something like that? Okay, so that's a really great question. And, and uh, so about, uh, I would say, 10 years or so ago, the city uh, created a document, sort of a guiding document called Prosperity 2020. And uh, what we're doing uh, with that is it really identified how to make sure that we diversify our, our workforce. Uh, we are uh, and have been always pretty heavy in automotive. Uh, Linamar is the major uh, corporation here in Guelph. And I would say that they in Guelph uh, employ about 10,000 people alone. Uh, but what we've done over the last 10 years is really concentrate on trying to diversify our, our economy. So actually back in 2008, when we all had the recession, uh, in 2008 through that, those years, uh, Guelph was one of the ones that actually uh, weathered that, those storms, those recession storms really, really well. And, uh, and then further to that, uh, we have one of the lowest unemployment rates in, uh, in Canada. And we, have, we are also one of the best cities for full-time employment in Canada. And so even if, you know, Lindmar, and uh, we never want this to happen, right, uh, right. Did, did not uh, be here, our diversification of our economy uh, has really been built. Uh, and we're really into sort of clean tech, agri-food sector, um, in uh, renewables, uh, real, a lot of innovation that we've really gone into in the last several years, which is helping to kind of balance that um, well, worst case scenario out as you would have described it there in your question. Now, uh, Russ, Traverse City is a city a little bit the size of the one I live in. My city is about 14,000. You guys are slightly bigger than that. Um, that gives you a little bit of a different challenge when it comes to jobs and dependency on one or two sectors or one and two employers than a place like Guelph has, which you guys are, Cam, 120,000 people? Is that about right? 132,000. Okay. So, you know, we're at a different scale. Russ, can you talk a little bit about uh, employment opportunities there, some of the, the resiliency? I know there's a lot of tourism-type uh, industry and business there. How did things yeah. happen, you know, during the downturn for you guys in, in 08? And, and what's your kind of resiliency situation when it comes to jobs and employment and, and, and diversification? 
Sure. And, um, we have a great diversity of, of businesses. We don't have large uh, uh, business. Probably our largest sector business is Sara Lee. Uh, but if we close down, I don't think you would really notice the big change in the in the economy in, in this area. We we have a lot of very small businesses and entrepreneurship with uh, cottage industry is very big. Um, the uh, our largest employer is the regional hospital, Munson Medical Center. Now, if that closed down, that would be pretty significant because that hospital is one of the top 100 hospitals in the, in the United States. So that would be pretty big if we lost uh, Munson Medical Center, but we have uh, a lot of uh, small businesses that are, are coming here and they are growing and there are only are two or three or four people that are in these shops, but they are a major part of our economy. One thing that we are focused on is for resilience, resiliency, is to make sure that this is a place that draws people. And uh, one of the things that uh, we can do is really make this a great place. So place setting, place making is very important. Uh, one thing that we do our challenge with, though, is because it's, it's such a desirable community, the housing stock is rather limited and the housing prices have gone up quite a bit. So our greatest threat, perhaps, is affordable living. So we're really working at ways to give incentives to build workforce housing. So because that's going to be key. The businesses, some of the businesses in the summer now are having a hard time staying open. Uh, late at night or opening up their cafes outside on the patios because they don't have enough staff. So it's really important that we have affordable living, affordable housing, so these workers can come here and live in their town and provide the services that we like. I want to talk a little bit about regulation. And uh, this, this may be, I'm going to start with Russ on this one. Cam will give you a little bit of time to, uh, to think things about a little bit, because uh, I know this is Russ's kind of bailiwick as the town planner. Uh, I want to I, I want to ask one of the questions from the strength test, and it, it goes like this: Imagine your favorite street in town uh, didn't exist today. Imagine that it's 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 no longer there. Could I come in and build it? Uh, are your rules and regulations set up that would allow me to essentially repeat and and, and rebuild? the best stuff in your community, or is that going to be a, a, too great of an obstacle? So Russ, if you wouldn't mind starting with that one. Yeah, thanks for a pretty easy question. I appreciate that very much. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, you could build uh, exactly the best part of our, our, our towns, probably if you, in fact, you could go to, travel, uh, uh, go to one of the travel sites and say what, what to do in Traverse City. They'll say, go to downtown and go on Front Street. And uh, what Traverse City has done in their zoning called Beck, Probably, I think it was probably in the 70s, maybe in the 60s, we eliminated any parking requirements for our downtown. And um, I think that's that's critical because when you have a parking requirements in the downtown, it really hurts um, hurts uh, the opportunity to try to, to build because it's because first of all, lots are very small, and where do you park if you don't have if you want to have a very walkable downtown if you have a continuous uh, storefront? Uh, we. We also allow for multiple stories. We allow for residential. We allow for office. We allow for retail. All those are permitted by right. Uh, setbacks are only two and a half feet off the sidewalk on the street, zero on the side, and uh, five feet on the rear. So basically, you can build 95% of your property with a multi-story building, mixed use, uh, and do it by right. No parking requirement again. So I think that's key for our town. We're, 
uh, there are other areas of our, of our community and we still, we, we embrace the mixed use, we embrace the walkable community. So we have some work to do on some of our corridors and we're working toward developing a form-based code where development would be allowed by right. And uh, we're gonna probably reduce our parking requirements. We, we reduce them in half the rest of the town. We're probably gonna re reduce them even further now. Cam, I, I, I wonder about the same thing with you. I, I spent some time on, uh, in Google, just looking around the, the streets in the city, and, and there's some beautiful stuff there. There's some great uh, urban fabric. There's some really great streets. I, I hope uh, if I get to Guelph, we could go downtown and grab a bite to eat. It looks like a wonderful place to hang out. Uh, yeah. If some of that stuff just disappeared tomorrow, or if someone came in and said, yeah, I'd like to build a, a, a similar thing, uh, is that going to be possible? I mean, could could we make that happen there uh, within the, the systems and the rules that you have set up? Uh, a few years ago, we had a, a big fire uh, downtown um, on one of the nicest little streets that we have. I, I would call my opinion one of the nicest, which is uh, Douglas Street. The Dummer building um, actually burnt. And uh, so, you know, having to re, you know, develop that on one of the most special streets going was uh, an unbelievable undertaking for the private sector and, of course, the city with the regulations. But they came together. It was all hands on deck. Um, the city provided heritage grants to save the, the, the outside facade uh, of that building. And uh, we worked with, uh, with uh, the developers to make sure that things were done quickly and on time make sure that that place could be rebuilt and you know since that time uh that little street that douglas street um we've had several movies uh, shot there um and i would have to say that because of the city helping with heritage facade grants and keeping that uh, character uh and vibe of that little street the way it was before the fire um, we've been able to get a lot of economic uh, development from that end of it, from uh, from movies and things like that on that street. Um, further to that, because uh, of course, I'm sure all of our downtowns are, are quite beautiful. Um, we, in the last five years, have seen massive growth in a lot of sort of uh, uh, almost like brownfield sites within our downtown core. So we have downtown activation grants that we've given to developers because it's very difficult to always build and construct in downtown cores. And uh, if I turned my computer <laughs> around and showed you my window, uh, you can see two towers there now that have been built uh, in the last just a few years. Um, and uh, that's because of uh, us embracing that type of de development in the downtown core. I, I, I want to stick with you, Cam, and talk a little bit about food. Uh, one of the, the right guy then. Go all on. right, perfect. <laughs> um, one of the resiliency things that we talk about at Strong Towns is uh, local food production, and yeah. you know we're we're all here uh, northern climate kind of places. Uh, you know, Rachel's in Milwaukee. I'm in Minnesota. Uh, Michigan and Ontario both are northern climate kind of places. People have lived here for a long time. They've grown their own food. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering. If I came to uh, to Guelph and we wanted to eat locally grown food, yeah. uh, are we going to be able to do that? And 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 what kind of uh, you know what what kind of availability would I have? Uh, that's that's a great question too. So I mentioned when I'm talking about the diversification of our, our economy, how we're really big in the agri food sector, and that has a lot to do with our great university, the University of Guelph. Um, but, uh, yeah, I could, you know, you literally can walk about 30 feet on every street in our downtown core 
and you'll find local uh, food uh, everywhere. Uh, Majida is one place. Uh, 39 Carden Street is another. I, I could go on and on. Um, one unique uh, uh, guy that I, I know that just started as an entrepreneur, he's called uh, the Bread Bandit. And uh, what he does is he, when uh, that restaurant called Majida I just talked to you about, shuts down for the night, he actually goes in and he uses the residual heat from the stoves and the ovens uh, to make his bread at night. And then the next day by bicycle, he will deliver the bread all over town uh, to people. So that, that's, that's sort of so cool. It is. It's really great, Rachel. Uh, so this is the type of culture that we have uh, in, in our city when it comes to that resiliency and sustainability. Uh, and uh, we also have a lot of uh, community gardens in town as well that the town really supports uh, the development of. Russ, talk a little bit about local food opportunities in Traverse City. If, I, if I'm there, are, are we going to be able to eat a good selection of local food? Yeah, you sure will. We're, first of all, we're in the cherry capital of the of, uh, United States, so certainly you're going to have cherries on your salad for sure and probably have a cherry pie afterwards. But we really have diversified our agricultural products. And, uh, for instance, even on our breweries, we're, making, we're starting to grow hops now, so we can use more of the local ingredients when we're making our local beverages. Um, the, uh, there's our organization in, in downtown Traverse City called Groundworks Center for Resilient Communities, and they've been working really hard at bringing local foods, fresh foods, to the school kids. And uh, they introduced it with fresh apples initially, and then they got additional fresh type of uh, produce. And we uh, really found out that the kids actually loved having fresh food versus the packaged type of food that they were getting. Much healthier type of food, but the restaurants really love to tout. Uh, they'll even put in bold and, and put a little TC Trevor City next to it or something if it's if it's local food. So we have uh, we have fishery local fishery. We and we are, are we seem to be diversifying um, our products. And I think this is really helping the farmers. Our farmers are providing this really great setting for Trevor City in the first place. But they, they can also make a profit now, and by recycling those dollars right back into our community. And I think people are seeking out for the local taste, and and we do certainly celebrate the, the local food scene. I, I want to I want to come back to the strength test here in a sec. But before we do that, I, I want to ask a little bit about the context of your local governments. Russ, you you're in Michigan. Uh, Michigan is uh, you know home to Detroit home to a, a lot of struggling cities. The state itself has kind of struggled in many ways. I, I'd like you to talk a little bit about some of the challenges and also maybe some of the benefits of being in, you know, one of these states that here in the United States is kind of a, a purple place, a manufacturing place, a, 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 a state that has, uh, you know, both seen uh, in some ways better days, but I think also has a lot of opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about being part of, of Michigan and what that has presented for you guys? Sure. The, Michigan had probably the one of the slowest growth rates, probably one of the weakest economies uh, with the car industry really collapsing. Some of our uh, manufacturers here, the small ones, are producing parts for the automobile, so it certainly took a hit on uh, some of our local manufacturers. Uh, but and, and then revenue sharing has, has dropped back from the state of Michigan. It keeps on. They're they're supporting our local communities less and less. So we have to we have to come up with our money ourselves. And uh, one thing that we're doing is that we're being very careful and very thoughtful with our expenditures of, of dollars. 
um, we are investing in our existing infrastructure that is aging that we want to make sure, for instance, our water quality is critically important for attracting people to be here. Our the blue water is, is more than just clear water, uh, but uh, because it, it, but it's healthy water too, that we, we can pull it for drinking water and we can fish out of it, we can swim in it. Um, so we're taking care of the infrastructure that we have. And I think um, uh, we can't depend on the state or the federal government for helping us out in all these, these different ways. So instead of uh, doing grandiose type of projects, we really focused on recurring curbs, recurring pipes underground, recurring the streets that we have. And I think that's helping to build a, a good economy because people want to see a well-kept, well-maintained type of town. And so, um, so just, just constantly uh, adding to the, the quality of our community by, by fixing and repairing is really an important part of our, our economy strength. Kim, a lot of people here in the United States uh, just assume that up in Canada, you've got everything figured out and, and everything, uh, you know, all the kids are above average, as we say here in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been, you know, I've been there. I, I know you struggle with many of the same things that, that we do here uh, south of the border. Uh, yet, you know, Toronto is one of these places that is kind of the rising tide that raises all boats, but also can kind of capsize some at times and, and overwhelm a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamics of being a mayor in a, a city in Ontario? What, what kind of challenges from a governmental standpoint that creates and, and, and maybe, you know, some of the benefits or things you've, you've overcome there? Yeah, so I think one of, the, one of the challenges we, I think all cities have in Ontario, especially when it comes to uh, business climate, um, you know, the, you can only do so much as a city uh, as the mayor, as council, and the, the ecosystem of, of businesses in town, uh, chambers of commerce, things like that, uh, to be super welcoming to businesses, and we are. Um, but then there's the provincial climate, which you have no control over. So, you know, if it's uh, uh, transportation networks that are just outside of your city, or if they're hydro rates, or things like that, um, you know, you, you have no control over that. And I, I know in the States, uh, incentive type of programs are available um, to maybe cities and states and counties that can say, well, if you come here, we'll give you A, B, and C. Well, the laws in Ontario do not allow municipalities to do that. So um, so it's a, it's a little bit different, definitely, from the way the States is to, to compare it to, to Canada. Um, but how do we overcome that part? That was the second part of your question we continue to be a town that people really want to come and be at. And compared to uh, the GTA area, Toronto, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know, we're still only, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away on a good day. Uh, but uh, we are a lot less money when it comes to trying to buy a house in Toronto. Uh, and um, we are continually trying to work with the, uh, the province on trying to build really great transportation networks, a high-speed rail, um, a go train service, rail service to and from our area, so we can get people uh, and skilled uh, talent back and forth between the GTA areas into our communities and to others um, along a corridor. And so that's uh, some of the stuff that we're working on with the, with the other levels of government. Uh, but being just outside of that GTA area is pretty attractive to a lot of people uh, for especially when you get Guelph. 
I'm going to ask one more question and then give you each a chance to kind of wrap up, uh, kind of make a, a final pitch for your communities. But before we get to that, I, I, I want to ask one question about biking and walking, and, and particularly when it comes to kids in the communities. Uh, one of the indicators that we have found that really shows that a, a place is on the right track is how free kids feel like they can move around the community. Yeah. Is it a safe place to be? Is it, uh, is it safe for them to bike around? Is it safe for them to walk around? Uh, you know, does a community embrace that or is that some kind of an odd thing? If you see a kid out walking, do you call the cops and say, Hey, there's a, there's a kid here, or is it, you know, uh, something that is a, a normal, regular occurrence? Uh, Cam, can we, can we start with you? Um, what's the, uh, here, the question we have in the, uh, in the strength test is, is it safe for children to walk or bike to school and do other activities without adult supervision? Uh, when we're talking about Guelph, am I going to see a lot of kids out around? Am I going to see them uh, taking part in the community? Are they are they independent? Yes. Yeah, so I, I have two kids uh, that have both grown up here, 14 years old and 12 years old. And, uh, and uh, you know, I pushed them out, out of the house when they were, you know, two years old. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, don't tell my wife that one. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a completely safe community. And, you know, sometimes downtown cores in every city – are very uh, uh, more dense, uh, and what we try tried to do as we've been planning our city out is having um, a lot more of uh, close knit uh, neighborhoods where that walkability and cycling and trail connections can all uh, be happening all around the city and not just uh, you know not just in certain areas. Uh, we uh, this term of council we built uh, you know separated bicycle and uh, pedestrian pathways. Uh, so that people can feel a lot safer being off the roads and on networks uh, to get back and forth to work or for leisure. And we have some really great community groups, uh, Guelph Bikes and uh, Guelph uh, Cycling and Active Transportation uh, group in town. Uh, they, uh, they really advocate for that uh, type of uh, development as we're building new subdivisions and new areas of town. We want to make sure that we're pre-planning for those types of walkable uh, communities, uh, you know, uh, or neighborhoods within our, our community. And uh, we have a bicycle master plan uh, that uh, we approved in the last term of council. And uh, and so we're, we're doing really well on all that. And so, yes, kids can actually uh, absolutely feel safe and go out here anywhere in Guelph. Russ, uh, Traverse City, uh, how, how would you say you guys are doing in terms of, of younger people being able to walk and bike and having a lot of mobility options for themselves? Yeah, we, we've been working on trying to make Traverse City as, as walkable as, as possible. And we've, we've had uh, some people from out of town, like Dan Burden, come in walkable communities at the time to show uh, and, and inspire us further. But we've, we're a town, of course, uh, a lot smaller than Guelph, and uh, we have a budget of about $14 million. But we're, gonna, we're about, the city manager is about to propose a $4.5 million bond proposal to build um, many, many more miles of sidewalks in town. We have already over 80 uh, miles of sidewalks. Most of our streets, I'm going to say about 80% of our streets have sidewalks on both sides of the street. The street that you see right here is the 27-foot wide brick street, and the sidewalks are eight feet wide on both sides. Uh, so it's a very comfortable street. Uh, um, it's one of my favorite streets in town. We, we, in fact, we use that as a template for building new streets. Uh, our new streets we're building at 27 feet wide, and we're building sidewalks throughout the area. We've experimented with our Lunar for the, maybe one of the first uh, walking streets, 
Ernestine Street in downtown Traverse City, Garland Street. And we're experiencing that. That's something brand new for our area. And it's going to be a very interesting uh, study. Uh, but so far, it's been very successful. Uh, one other thing I do want to mention is that we have a program called Safe Routes to School. And uh, maybe you know about that, that we're entering into. And we are working very uh, diligently with the, the neighborhood schools to build a uh, walking environment so those kids, all the kids in all the schools can be, uh, feel very safe walking to school. Now, last summer, uh, my wife and I moved uh, from a place we built 20 years ago on the outskirts of town to the middle of a core neighborhood. So I, last year, I was able to talk to our, our contestants about uh, me moving and, and uh, my family moving, but my wife said one move every 20 years. So I'm not going to be moving, uh, at least for the next two decades, to Traverse City or Guelph. But I know there are people who are watching who may be interested in, in moving to one of your places or at the very least visiting, which I, which I will be doing. Uh, let me give you as a, as a way to kind of sum up, and I'll start with you, Russ. Uh, is there a, uh, if, if you were going to make a pitch to someone for why they would want to move and, and live in and be part of your community, uh, how, how, would you, how would you phrase that? Give me the, give me the elevator speech to someone who's saying, ah, I'm, I'm thinking about moving. Why Traverse City? Well, I'll tell you, there's, a, there's an astronaut that lives in our area. He was flying around the world, and he was checking out the different parts of the country as he was flying over and trying to decide where he wants to live when he retires and everything. He was very intrigued about the Traverse City area with those bays and those blues and greens and those peninsulas jetting out into Lake Michigan. And then he, just, then he came here, and now he's retired here. Um, and I think that is what is, draws a lot of people. If you like an active lifestyle with clean environment, with many things to do out in the countryside, um, and to be engaged in a four-season type of town, this is a town you'd like to be. Um, these uh, big ice caves uh, occasionally will show up on Lake Michigan, but then you have sandy beaches in the summertime for kayaking and for boating. Um, one of the best places for cross-country skiing, we're blessed with lake effect snow, so we get phenomenal snows for, for skiing, uh, and then for the fat bike, bike, uh, biking in the wintertime. It's really becoming a four-season town. So if you like to be physically fit with clean air, clean environment, this is the place you want to be. And if you really like a lot of culture, even though we're a very small town, we have some big city type of restaurants and cultural activities with the, like the Inter uh, Interlochen uh, uh, Arts Academy that has students from all over the world putting on some very high-class performances. So you might be out kind of in a rural area, but boy, you almost feel like you're in a big city uh, and with a great uh, natural environment. Cam, uh, I, I would. Uh, there's a lot of Americans that have considered relocating to Canada over the past mm -hmm. couple of months. I, I'm, I'm not sure what that's about, but uh, <laughs> <You know. laughs> I, I would. I've, I've always thought that it would be beautiful to move uh, north. I love it in Canada. Every time I've been there, I've uh, been enchanted. Uh, why would I choose Guelph? Why, why would someone, uh, you know, either in Canada now or looking to move to Canada? Uh, why would they want to end up in your city? Well, I guess I'll end where I sort of started. It, it is about our, our people and our businesses are just, we're just fantastic people. Our culture and our vibe is just, uh, you, you just can't go anywhere without making eye contact with somebody and saying hi on the street. And, uh, you know, how's your day going? Uh, it, it really is that type of a town. 
and there is always something going on uh, at, at some point every day that you, an activity that you can choose to go to. And, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're older or younger, there's just, there's something for everybody. And, uh, you know, so I, I uh, we have a, an OHL team here, a hockey league the team here, the Guelph Storm. We have great theaters. Um, we've been always, uh, we've always been uh, very strong in festivals as well. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, uh, the jazz festival and we have art on the street. I think one of the pictures you showed there was art on the street where we closed down some streets in the downtown core. We have the Hillside Festival. In fact, our city just won uh, an award uh, just a couple of weeks ago for the municipality of the year for our tourism uh, for our city. Uh, so we're there's just always something to do. Um, but I, I do want to stress this that because uh, I gave you those numbers earlier, we're 132,000 people. The, the province wants us to be 190,000 people within you know 20 or so years. And what we're doing uh, deliberately as a council and as a government is working with the community alongside as a partnership that as we grow, we do not lose that culture. We do not lose that important vibe that Guelph has to offer. Um, and then the backbone of that, the foundation of that, I guess is again about our economy. The fact that you can find a job here um, and uh, that it's uh, you know, a really good, uh, a good place to sort of land. Uh, so yeah, I know that might seem mayor mayorish uh, mayorish. You're saying. the mayor, uh, but it's but it's it's not. I'm I'm saying it very authentically. I'm a uh, I'm a fam. I have a family here that's been here forever, and I, we just I just love it. So uh, it's it's a great place to be. Well, this has been a fantastic uh, contest, and I'm I'm very grateful to the two of you. It's been wonderful to be able to highlight your great communities, uh, the good work that you've been doing. Uh, we really try to take this contest as an opportunity to show people uh, yeah. things that can go well if you do things right, uh, places that are working really well. And I'm just honored uh, that the two of you not only uh, had your community submitted, but have, have taken the time uh, to share your insights and your thoughts and the great things about your place. I, I look forward to visiting, as part of this contest, one of the two of you, uh, and, and getting to know your community a little bit more. And then I, I hope that the other one I, I ultimately run into again as well. So uh, planning director from Traverse City, Russ Schoing, thank you so much for being here and uh, congratulations. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks. Great job. And, and Good Mayor, luck, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mayor Cam Guthrie from, uh, from Guelph, Ontario. Again, uh, thank you so much for being part of this. I, I really do appreciate it. You've got a beautiful city. Well, thank you, and good luck to you too, uh, Ross. Uh, I wrote down on my piece of paper here that you have really good cherry pie. Hey, <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe I'll take you up on that pie one day. Okay. Very good. I know you got a good brewery, Sleeman Brewery, there. Yes, yeah, we got lots of good breweries. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Make sure you go to the website, strongtowns.org. Cast your vote. Uh, we'd like to, uh, to hear from you and uh, name the strongest town uh, in, in, the gal in the universe, I think is what we said, uh, 2017. So thanks, everybody. Take care. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.
They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit Agenda 21. Yeah.